This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Wednesday, July 10th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Quick damage limited. House debate heats up. Can budget talks get on track? Earthquakes leave farmers with minor damage. Yesterday, the president approved an emergency declaration for California's earthquakes, freeing up funds to support the disaster. Meanwhile, residents are just beginning to quantify that damage. According to a memo obtained by AgriPulse, Kern County farmers suffered only minor irrigation equipment damage, though it's too early to fully assess. Some damage to water wells was also reported. Assistant Agriculture Commissioner Darren Hurd also noted that there was no significant crop damage to the pistachio trees since the majority of the trees are young and non-producing, while the mature trees are well-rooted. Field workers were not affected and no injuries reported. Ridgecrest has 1,900 acres of pistachio trees, 1,300 acres of alfalfa, 65 acres of Bermuda grass, 115 acres of ryegrass, and 350 acres of barley. A poison pill, farm worker housing bill called ineffective. Republican State Senator Patricia Bates of Laguna Nigel said Assembly Bill 1783 offered a good proposal. But to quantify for the streamlined housing program, a farmer would hand over authority for the land they own to a third-party management company. Bates called that incomprehensible. During the recent Senate housing hearing, the California Farm Bureau also opposed the bill, citing two other provisions. The bill requires the farmer to also cede control for 55 years. The program excludes H-2A guest workers, which make up about 20,000 employees in California. Taylor Roshan of the Bureau says the bill does not allow the flexibility farmers need during the continuing labor shortage. Matthew Allen with Western Growers added that the real problem farmers have is with conditional permitting at the local level, which the bill does not address. The bill's author, Assemblymember Robert Rivas of Hollister, countered that there are not enough state funds to pay for workers at a federal program. He said the community block grant program is designed to help alleviate poverty, not provide corporate subsidies, especially for big ag. A lawyer representing United Farm Workers added that if farmers don't like the program, they don't have to sign up. AB 1783 passed that committee and is scheduled for a hearing today in the Senate Governance and Finance Committee. Farms and food processors awarded energy efficiency grants. The California Energy Commission is providing nearly $9 million to 32 farming operations for renewable energy projects. The funding will support solar installation and electric vehicle fast chargers on farms, orchards, and vineyards. The commission also approved $6.6 million for energy-efficient technologies for five food processing facilities. These investments play an important role as the state moves to a clean electric grid and carbon neutrality by mid-century, according to Commission Chair David Hothschild in a written statement. Now keep in mind, one of the awardees was Full Belly Farms. Co-owner Jenna Muller recently shared with AgriPulse her concerns over rising regulatory burdens for organic farmers. To survive, she said, we need to get more creative in our sales outlets and find new markets for organically grown food. And on that note, vehicles account for nearly 50% of greenhouse gas emissions in California and are the leading source of air pollutants nationally. 
Yesterday, Gavin Newsom and 23 other governors nationwide signed a letter opposing the Trump administration's rollback of emission standards. Cal Matters also reports this week the state is falling short on reaching its goal of 5 million zero-emission vehicles on the road by 2030. A state bill aims to jumpstart the purchases by increasing state subsidies for consumers. Pence promotes USMCA wheat issues surface. Vice President Mike Pence is in California's Central Valley today to promote the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement in the home district of Democratic Representative T.J. Cox. Pence will take part in a panel discussion at an almond and grain farm south of Fresno. Meanwhile, on Capitol Hill, there's new pressure to address a wheat issue in the trade pact. Canada agreed to scrap a policy that automatically designates U.S. wheat at the lowest feed grade possible. But four senators say that's not good enough. U.S. wheat still won't fit into classes that Canadians consider eligible for a premium class designation. North Dakota Senators Kevin Kramer and John Hoven Minnesota Senator Tina Smith and Montana Senator Steve Daines say in a letter to the U.S. Trade Representative's office. They continue, our producers remain concerned that access to Canada's market will continue to be inhibited based on Canada's requirement that strictly limits the varieties of wheat that can be included in its premium classes. The senators say they want USTR to work with Canada to make policy changes if USMCA is ratified and implemented. U.S. and China resume trade talks. U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin spoke yesterday in a teleconference with Chinese Vice Premier Liu He and Minister Zhang Shan to continue efforts to resolve the outstanding trade disputes between the two countries, according to U.S. government officials speaking with AgriPulse. Presidents Donald Trump and Xi Jinping met in Japan late last month and agreed to restart the talks that broke down in May. Trump agreed to pull off plans to hit China with new tariffs, and Xi agreed that China would begin increasing purchases of U.S. ag commodities. The official didn't reveal details of what was discussed yesterday. He said both sides will continue these talks as appropriate. No progress on budget or debt as deadlines loom. We're less than three months away from the new fiscal year, and there's been little sign of progress toward a deal to advert a government shutdown or automatic spending cuts. However, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin plan to discuss the issues today after talking for about 20 minutes yesterday, that according to Speaker Pelosi's office. Now, Senate Appropriations Chairman Richard Shelby of Alabama told reporters yesterday there has been talk of doing a year-long continuing resolution and would extend fiscal 19 spending levels through 2020. But Shelby said he doesn't think that makes sense because Congress would be right back where it is now in the middle of a presidential campaign. And here's today's He Said It. He's got a strong point that it's futile to do it unless we have the administration on board. That Senate Appropriations Richard Shelby of Alabama on why the Senate won't consider any fiscal 2020 spending bills until there is an agreement on how much to spend, even though FY20 starts October 1st. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Wednesday, July 10th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Chuck Alley.